In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. The Bears angst in general. Everybody's like angry about it, I feel like. Just relax. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is just how it is. It's a range of emotions. It's a range of feelings and hot takes. Here they are. Fiery, feisty, and frequently ill. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you here on this Thursday. Good to be back. Good to be talking some football today. I think we're excited about that. Uh, But hopefully you guys enjoyed our episode yesterday uh, and us kind of getting out of the way. And hopefully you took the time to hear from Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan and Allen Robinson and Afadio Denebo, so many good and powerful uh, thoughts and things that needed to be said. The message is important. Um, and so far, I don't know about you, Johnsy, the feedback I've got has been pretty good. Uh, but we are going to talk a little bit about Mitchell Trubisky and Nick oh, Foles today. <laughs> back to the quarterback competition. But yes, be sure to check that out. That, that podcast is going to be up there. It's not going to go anywhere. Uh, be sure to listen to what the, the Bears captains, their leaders, their most revered players really on and off the field had to say uh, about what's going on in the world today. Be sure to, to hear them, listen, empathize. I can't say the word. Just have some empathy for what you, for what they're trying to get across. Yeah, and uh, I, I realize there's going to be outliers. I already got a tweet this morning that was in, you know insensitive and oh, I'm not going to listen to these guys until they respect the flag. Uh, we don't need to get in that whole conversation, but let's be clear. Nobody's disrespecting the flag here. Uh, these guys are all proud Americans. And um, that, as I said yesterday in the podcast, if you're one of those people responding like that, you're exactly the person that really, really needs to listen to this stuff. So I'm just going to, you know, not going to soapbox there, but just say that. Uh, and hopefully you take the time to do so. If you haven't already, check it out. We appreciate you listening more than ever to that episode. And by the way, if you want some hardcore football, we had an outstanding episode with Olin Kruitz last week that we shouldn't forget about. And if you missed that, I also highly encourage you to go back and learn about offensive line play with Olin because he was great. I'm really glad we did that interview, Johns. Yes, the, it's the the X's and O's, but also to hear, like when I went back and re-listened to that podcast, Adam. You know, like one of my first questions was, "What do you think of the the analysis of offensive line play?" And to hear him say that it's been probably more fair than it's ever been because there's more film available. There's more people analyzing that film because people those people know what they're talking about, whether they've been former offensive linemen at the NFL level or collegiate level or just have studied the game. So check it out. If Owen Krutz uh, has something to say about the Bears, I think it's always worse, or worth like hearing his analysis of what this team could be, especially up front. Absolutely. So check that out, and hopefully we'll have some more episodes in the future that are sort of along those lines. Um, there were some football things discussed yesterday. We're going to bring those to you here in this podcast, um, and should should mention, we as we said yesterday, we thought we were going to be talking to Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles today, and that would have been the first time we talked to Trubisky since the season ended last year. Um, those 
Zoom calls with those players today were postponed by the Bears. I think understandably so um, the climate of this week, what's really important, I mean, you even got the head coach of the team saying football is secondary right now. And I know we're really looking forward to talking to the quarterbacks, looking forward to covering that. Um, That would have dominated the conversation. And I think respectfully, we can all agree that the conversation, um, what what was said yesterday kind of needs to marinate and a little bit more, if that makes sense. I think the Bears want it to marinate. That's why they postponed the the conversations with with Mitch, I can't talk today, my friend, with Mitch uh, Trubisky and, and Nick Foles. Obviously, there's look the the quarterback competition is going to dominate headlines as soon as it gets going. As soon as we see it live in action, whether that's in training camp, if we get access to that, or whether or not that's preseason, if that happens to to go on as planned. So there's time for that, plenty of time for that. But they want to keep the conversation on what Akeem Hicks, what Danny Trevathan and Allen Robinson were talking about yesterday. Absolutely. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. We both have a lot of coverage up from yesterday. So not only listen to the podcast, but go back and read what we wrote too. Johns' stuff is up on The Athletic where you can get this podcast, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. If you're not already a subscriber, you should be one. You go there. There's a free trial right now. It's great. There's really no reason you shouldn't be a subscriber. So we appreciate those of you who are. Uh, and you can read my stuff at NBCSportsChicago.com. I got a, even a, a new piece up this morning that has to do with Allen Robinson's contract and how the coronavirus could affect that. That's something we're going to talk about here in this podcast as well. So, um, uh, and I should also mention that Kent Garrison is our outstanding producer, and uh, he's been doing a tremendous job of editing all this audio and getting it to you guys. He's, so, he's got uh, the full quarantine beard going yeah, as he does. well. <laughs> uh, we can't grow beards but Kent can so he grows one for all three of us that's how it works here on this podcast alright where should we start should we uh, should we start about the, the quarterbacks even though we're not talking to them today yeah I, I know we just said I just said you know the Bears want to keep the the conversation on what uh, what Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan and Al Robinson all, all said, but we do know and we should acknowledge that certain questions did come up about the quarterback competition, so we, we want you guys to hear comments from Al Robinson and Matt Nagy on, on that as well. Um, I, I just feel like it's still on, on pause, is it not? It's still it's still being held over Zoom, so there isn't too much to digest. There, the, Alan Robinson's opinion is very important. I think it was interesting to hear him say that he has been working out with Mr. Bisky up to like four times a week. To me, yeah. that, that's significant. And this isn't just like everybody going down to Jay Cutler's house, you know, in the Nashville area for for a few days. This is, sounds like it's relatively consistent, and that stands out to me. Yeah, let's uh, let's address that. I, I think that was a piece of news that came out yesterday. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Allen Robinson talking about the quarterback situation. It's an interesting thing for him because Trubisky's around, Nick Foles is not, and so he's not working with both of them. But this is where Allen Robinson is right now on the quarterback competition. Um, to be quite honest, you know, I think that I feel confident uh, regardless. You know, I think it's more so up to the staff on – on uh, on uh, what they want to see, you know, because again, it doesn't really come down to to me as as Allen Robinson as far as what I want to see. You know, it's a person who has to lead a whole a whole group of men. You know, that has to lead the offense, has to lead the team. You know, I'm just a I'm just a piece of to the puzzle. You know, but again, for me, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun training camp. You know, I'm really looking forward to training camp, and I think that this is something that can definitely you know. Uh, propel our team um, in a very good direction as far as, you know, competition, as far as unity and everything like that, you know. So for me personally as a player, you know, for those guys to just go out there and compete is is enough for is enough for me. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to go out there, compete and, and continue to take my game to the next level and evolve my game. And you didn't hear it in there, but he that he did mention he's been working out with Trubisky. Um and it sounds like there's been some other players involved in that too. So it's yeah, I like mean, looking at social media, it sounds like Tariq Cohen and Anthony Miller have both both passed passed through town and, and worked out with those guys. 
And uh, here's Matt Nagy on uh, those workouts that the players are able to have that, again, the coaches are not allowed to be a part of right now. Number one, it's, it's, uh, it's freaking awesome that they're out there doing that. Um, it's, it's great for their sanity. It's great for their, their football um, uh, connection as well. So uh, there, I, from what I've been told, you know, I know there's a nice handful of guys that are, that are in the area that are able to go out there and do that. And, and again, that just speaks to those guys um, that they're doing that on their own. I think that's now in these times you're finding more initiative within these players to take it upon themselves to almost create their own, um, their own off season with the guys that are here and with the facilities that they have or the places they can go to. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't ever get into how, how's he throwing the ball or how are you running routes? We get into more, how do you like this route or how do you like this timing, you know, um, and that sort of thing. So that's more important than anything is making sure because then what, what they do, this is what's cool is they go ahead and they, they, we teach it in the morning and then they can go put it into action and they may come back and say, ah, oh, we were doing this route and we weren't really feeling this or that, you know, is there, is it possible for us to do this? Yeah, absolutely. And we make the change. So it's, uh, that's probably more than anything um, is what we're seeing, but I, I think it's just phenomenal. And that's a credit to our guys. So that's really interesting, Johns, because essentially what the players are doing on their own, at least the ones that can because they're here uh, and in the same area, they're essentially simulating what OTAs would be, but without the coaches. You got the installation meetings, you go through all that, and then the players get out there on the field, and this is the part of the off-season program where you can do that. No pads, of course, but you get out there and you run through it. It's part of the installation phase pre-training camp. And so, I mean, what what a great thing. They're, they're not breaking any rules. Uh, I assume they're doing so as safely as possible, given that the, the virus is still out there. But it's at least giving some of the players on this offense, especially that obviously needs work this year, and Trubisky especially, some opportunity to get some reps in at this point. Again, I mean, this, this is where Trubisky has the at least for now, the, the immediate advantage over, over Nick Foles. Like, he, he knows these guys. He, he knows yeah. Allen Robinson. He, he knows Tariq Cohen. They've played together for, for years. Like, he knows how Cody Whitehair likes to snap the ball. These things are all important. In, in time, maybe Nick Foles can have that quick chemistry when he, he returns or, or comes back to Chicago, I, I say, in just the, in terms of getting his, his life set up in the Chicago area. Right now, he's not. He's in California. That's my understanding. And right now, Trubisky is taking advantage of his current situation. He has his house already in the Chicago suburbs. Allen Robinson has his house in the Chicago suburbs. So here they are, the the quarterback in the competition and the number one receiver, getting in reps and using the, the coaching points that they're seeing over Zoom. So that's... If we're if we're looking at this as I don't know a race of sorts, it seems like Trubisky has taken a couple steps lead on, on a Nick Foles at this moment. Yeah, and obviously we haven't been able to talk to him yet, um, but I sense somewhat of a determination here, um, and that's what you want from the competition. That's what Allen Robinson was talking about. You, I mean, essentially the Bears trying to light a fire under Trubisky's ass. Right. That I mean, that's what this whole thing is. And uh, as we've said many times, it's in everybody except for Nick Foles, I guess, best interests that this works for Trubisky and that he takes off. Um, now, to be fair to Nick Foles, you know, it's not his fault. He's got to move here. He's got to come up with his own living situations. He's got a family. Um, there's there's certainly, you know, n- nothing negative about the fact that he's not a part of these workouts that are happening voluntarily outside of the virtual meetings. Uh, and I thought it was interesting that when, and you heard this, if you are listening to our podcast yesterday, when Danny Trevathan was talking about the meeting they had Monday, he listed off a bunch of the white players on the team that said some powerful things that he really, really appreciated. He mentioned Mitch Trubisky. He mentioned Cody Whitehair. Uh, he mentioned Pat O'Donnell, but he led with Nick Foles and he said, I have yet to meet Nick Foles, but for him to come out and say the things he did in that meeting that makes me want to go to war with him. So that's a, a defensive player, of course, but obviously Nick Foles 
this goes along with everything we've heard about the guy, and we don't really know him yet ourselves, but teammates love him. That's what you always hear. Yeah. And it's it's also obvious, to be fair to Nick Foles in this conversation, that he's made a really good first impression with his teammates, albeit virtually. And I would say that that's more than just a defensive player. That's one of your captains. That's a guy yep. who's on your leadership council. That's a guy who's on your social justice committee. That is the, in terms of... of heart and soul and emotion and, and like the this tone setting vibe like Danny Trevathan provides that not only, not only for the defense as their defensive play caller but for the offense for the, for the entire team like him him and Akeem Hicks those are the guys that bring the, the spirit the heart all those intangibles to the team so so that's significant by all accounts, from what I'm hearing, is Trubisky's completely invested in some of his fundamental work. Like he's putting a lot of time and energy into fixing his fundamentals, uh, specifically his footwork. We'll see how that pays off. And to to add to the Foles conversation, this whole situation of him coming in and maybe starting behind a quarterback, the the rival quarterback, if you want to call it that, like another quarterback on his team, this isn't new to him. He's been through this. He's good with these situations. He could come in and play well, regardless of how things play out in that competition, because history says he can't. He's done it a couple times in his career. That's what, that was another reason why I think he stood out to the Bears in, in their evaluations in terms of the quarterback position uh, this offseason. So, yes, there, it's another reason why to like Nick Foles and the Bears' acquisition of him. And, and it's, it's another reason, though, that situation right there is why – I still lean towards Mitch Trubisky being the favorite to start week one because I think, as I've said before, you know what you're going to get from Nick Foles, whether you start him in week one or you need him to come in week four, week five, week ten. With Mitch, there's still potentially an unknown in his development that you want to know for sure. You want to know if he can do it. And the way the schedule sets up with some light pass rush teams early on in the schedule – a Detroit Lions team that Mitch has frankly owned. I We don't get into gambling a whole lot in here, but I, I have seen it out there that Mitch is a, is plus 200. You could bet on this, apparently. I, I'm not a gambler, but you, you, there are <laughs> you actual odds. You bet on a lot odds. of things now, my friend. Yeah, you, there are actual odds on which quarterback is going to be uh, starting week one, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky. And Foles is the favorite in Vegas. And to me, plus 200. For the limited amount I know about gambling, that's a good bet right now. To, at least in my opinion, especially when you throw in the odds and the the money being in your favor, uh, with with getting back more money in the uh, in the betting Trubisky there, I I still lean that way. And I know you've kind of thought differently, but that's where I still am right now. Well, here's the thing too about the, the Trubisky conversation. I I've been told he, he's been great in practices. Okay, the the training camp stuff. I get the concern over the the. The interceptions, and I think interceptions in training camp will be viewed significantly differently this year for Drabisky. But like last year, throughout the season, I was told that he consistently had good practices. The problem was was getting that to translate to to the field during real games when the stuff he's seeing isn't set up the way he was practicing against it. Like things are just different. Like the the, the disguises are different. The attacks are different. Game plans are different than what they expect sometimes. He just wasn't processing and adjusting well. And even when he did, he wasn't completing such throws. I think that's a, a common misconception. Oh, we can't read defenses. Like There were times last year that Trubisky actually read the play, read the defense all that well. The play was blocked well as well. Receivers ran the right routes. And then he just missed the pass. Airmailed the pass. In practice, he nailed that pass. So... Yeah, maybe you need to see him in live games and maybe more than the preseason to get a full determination of what Trubisky can be if this really is his last stand. Was Mark Tressman the one telling you that he looked great in practice? <laughs> no, actually. That's, no. A, that's starting to be an old reference now at this point. Tress? That's, that's pre-podcast. That is pre-podcast. That was like the, the infancy of the podcast. Like we just got going. During the I think we this. started John Fox's first year. Was it John Fox's first yeah, year? Yeah. I think this is year six. Whew, it's not good when you're, running, when you're losing track of time. That's for sure. Yeah, we started uh, covering this team with Lovey Smith. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is part of the why. I mean, I don't, I can't even remember if we mentioned this yesterday or not, but that Akeem Hicks interview yesterday, all the interviews we've done 
over yeah. what's essentially a decade. I mean, that one really most powerful sp- I, I've been a part of. I think. I honest to God, and I'm not embellishing this. When that got, when that ended, I cl- I closed you know Zoom, and I just sat there, and I honestly needed five minutes to compose myself before I did anything because I was just like stunned that just from the power of the message and everything. So. Uh, just another reason to go back and listen to it if you have not. Uh, we got a couple other things we need to talk about football-wise. Do want to take a time out right now uh, to, mon- to mention one of our great sponsors. And with basketball potentially returning soon, the debate rages on. Who is the GOAT? One thing we do know for sure is a Manscaped is the GOAT for men's grooming. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene, Johns. <laughs> I don't know about you, my friend, but I've been enjoying uh, this this product. I'm not going to say too much, but it's definitely made showering a bit longer for me as I try to get uh, a break for, uh, from everything during this pandemic. Well, uh, the the package that comes when you order this is, is really impressive. It's called the Perfect Package 3.0 Kit. comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Water-resistant. John's mentioned it. Water-resistant. You can take it in the shower. The cordless body trimmer. Uh, it even comes with some underwear. Performance boxer briefs were in the package. Uh, and a travel bag for you to use uh when we're done quarantining, of course. So uh, you get 20% off free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Again, that's the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with that code at manscaped.com. The code is THEATHLETIC, manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code THEATHLETIC. All right, Johns, I want to pivot to... Allen Robinson's contract situation. And I uh, mentioned earlier, I wrote about this on NBCSportsChicago.com this morning, following up from yesterday's conversations with him. And I find this fascinating because right now, I'm the baseball side of things that I'm doing covering the White Sox and what's just been a, quite frankly, annoying, out of touch, uh, tone deaf, battle between the owners and players in trying to get a season going here on the baseball side. Um, Especially, sorry to interject, with with the NHL reaching a deal. The NBA today, it it sounds like according to to a bunch of reports out there that that a deal has been reached as well. Yeah, and and there are some differences that I understand. Um, Baseball is the one of these sports that we're talking about that does not have a revenue sharing agreement. So, it makes it a little bit, without getting into all the specifics, it makes it a, a tougher argument to figure out how to share the money, share the blow here. Um, that That's certainly going to come. So let's focus on Allen Robinson's situation and football. As we've talked about on this podcast many times over the last few years, when we start getting into training camp in August, we're always talking about one player, that the, usually one the Bears have developed, that needs to be rewarded with a contract extension. And Ryan Pace has made a habit of rewarding one of these players right before the regular season starts. Eddie Goldman has been one of those players. Um, Cody Whitehair, Charles Leno Jr. I think I'm missing somebody else. It's basically been each of the last four years, I think. So with this Allen Robinson situation, when he signs with the Bears back in uh, 2018, it's a three-year deal. And... You know, he might have been one of those players you were expecting more like a four-year deal with, and it was only three, but it made sense for both sides because for the Bears, there was some risk with Allen coming off the torn ACL. For Allen Robinson, he was still so young that he knew he could hit free agency again in 2021 at the age of 27. People forget he's still 26. He's still he turns, 26. It's, yeah. It still blows my mind. He, he turns 21 or 27, in uh, unless he's Benjamin Button. He does turn 27 in August. Um so the contract made sense for both sides. And I think there was also this understanding. You're talking about a professional here who's been nothing but good in the locker room, done nothing but produce. It has seemed to me this entire offseason that they would work something out before this season starts. And Al Robinson made a ton of sense as that guy this year that gets that contract extension uh, right before the season starts. Now, no one could have foreseen, though, a coronavirus pandemic 
And like it or not, there is most likely going to be some money lost this season if fans are not in the stands. And the reason why that's important is because for the first time, it's been seven straight years, John's, where the salary cap has gone up by at least $10 million. And I would say right now, I would almost guarantee it doesn't go up by $10 million in 2021. It may even stay flat or potentially go down, which everyone wants to avoid because everyone loses money in that situation. But the point is the economics have changed here. You're seeing it in other sports, especially baseball, where teams are penny pitching a little bit. And I think it's a fair question of how this affects Allen Robinson in a potential extension. I still think you pay him. You have to pay him in a sense, just in terms of how valuable and how meaningful he's become to this team. Again, listen to the podcast that we did yesterday. Listen to it. This guy means a lot to this organization right now. That's on and off the field. He is one of your best players. And again, he's only 26. doesn't turn 27 until August. I almost wonder if you can, instead of like a multi-year extension, can you just add on one year with a significant payday there or, or two years? Maybe give him another opportunity. Maybe that really intrigues him. Maybe they have to take... Uh, concessions on their side. I'm never going to argue for that for for a player, but this is different during the the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, There has to be different dialogue based on what's happening here, and I think you should pay him. I think uh, he deserves to be paid. It's just going to take something creative to have it worked out, and you know, I had heard that things were going well, and I think this pandemic has changed a few things. It's it's caused a reshuffling just in terms of really everybody's lives across America. So we'll see how it plays out. But but there is plenty of time, Adam. You know that that's one thing the NFL does have is is time. They could see how things work out with these other leagues. We've seen these get deals get done right before the season. Eddie Goldman was like that. Charles Leno's, I think, was done during training camp, right? Like I, I remember talking to Cody Whitehair actually in the Bears' new locker room. So there, there was plenty of, of time to get this done. You don't have to get it done on June 4th here. So if fans are anxious, I would just say be patient. I think Allen Robinson is going to be paid by this team. Well, and certainly given the climate uh, and all these unknown variables right now, I think it's even more... Look, there's a reason why pace waits that long. Usually it's, it's to get the whole roster constructed, um, get more evaluation potentially of these players in camp, in preseason. Get the whole picture. There's no reason to rush it ever. There's also uh, you know, some risk aversion to the idea that these guys can get hurt in camp. So if you reward them in June and they get hurt uh, in August, well, that sucks, right? So that, that all goes into the equation. And so this year with even more unknown variables... I, I wouldn't expect it to get done anytime soon, but it could still potentially get done before the season starts. Here's what Alan Robinson, he was asked about this yesterday and whether or not he's worried that the coronavirus pandemic will affect his contract. I don't think necessarily that that will uh, affect it. You know, I'm not 100% sure. And I mean, when I say affect it, I mean, as far as guys' uh, salaries and stuff around the league, you know, I don't. Um, I just I've, I've been looking. My sister actually works uh, in uh, baseball, so seeing kind of you know what baseball is growing is going through for as far as their contract because of missing part of the season, thing like that. And I don't think that for us as a as a whole in the, in the NFL will go through um, anything like that. You know, um, just kind of where where our league is set to start. You know, but as far as my contract, um, I don't think that that has um, any any effect on it. You know, nor nor do I have a have a concern of that having an effect on. You know, like I said. For you know, for me, you know, um, I don't really. Again, at this point in time, you know, I'm not too concerned with uh, with that. You know, I mean, if something gets done, something gets done. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, I mean, that's that's left up to the to the Bears and then my agent. You know, so but for me personally, you know, I don't. To be quite honest, I really don't uh, concern myself. You know, with that too much. You know, I'm just looking forward to this uh, 2020 season. You know, and I'm definitely excited for it. I'm definitely ready to get it going. And then whatever happens after that happens. So definitely some, um, you know, player cliche talk a little bit in there and how these guys typically handle these conversations is up to my, up to the team and my agent. Uh, but this is a little bit of a different situation. So it is interesting. His sister, Ashley, works for the Detroit Tigers. And um, 
so she's been in the middle of all this. Plenty of teams in baseball right now have actually had to furlough employees, and I, and I think she works in player relations. The Tigers so far have been one of the teams that have not furloughed anyone. They've guaranteed their employees uh, their full salaries uh, up until this point. Um, but that is an interesting perspective that he's coming from there. Now, to be clear, the NFL, whatever, regardless of what happens this season with fans in attendance, the NFL has some monster checks coming from these TV deals that are coming in 2022. So I think this is a much different situation. I think these NFL teams know that there's plenty of money on the way, and which is another reason why I think they really want to avoid the cap dipping for whatever reason in 2021, because that just, it makes it unfair for these players that are up this year. It makes it unfair for the teams trying to do long-term business. But I think there are one possible solution I thought of uh, that I put in my column today, Johns, is, you know, you can structure this. If the big question is what the 2021 cap is going to look like, well, you could actually use Allen Robinson in a way to to help that situation by just structuring his contract where maybe he earns a little bit less or the counts against the cap a little bit less next year. And then you award him in 2022, 2023, when you know all this TV money's coming in. And most likely for the NFL over any of these other sports, they're going to be fine long term. Yeah, the NFL makes money. So you want to backload the contract. Uh, so there's got to be at least four or five years attached to that. I have no problem with that. As well, we, we've seen teams like add. What, what's the best way to put it? I think they, the restructuring of Charles Leno's deals like this, they've added, they've tacked on a couple more years to it, um, kind of like empty years, just kind of to circumvent the cap. So it's like th- there's a lot of ways to manipulate the, the the cap number, and we know the Bears are going to be up against it, especially with Kyle Kyle Fuller's cap hit is going up. Cleo Max now is, is extremely significant. So they need to do some maneuvering. Joey Lane needs to do some maneuvering with, with the cap. Maybe that's part of the problem. Like when I, when I hear Allen Robinson, he, he sounds like a player who knows a contract is coming, right? It, it just seems to be maybe the, the beauty of it is the details, and that's what they need to, to hammer out right now. Yeah, so um, I wouldn't be worried, too worried about the situation. I even threw it at the end of my column. I think a deal gets done somehow wouldn't expect it tomorrow um in fact i think it'd be bad business to do it quickly i mean why not wait and see how this is all going to play out over these next couple months but um i think there's mutual feelings and uh, between these two sides and i know fans are anxious about it because they love alan robinson and they should love alan robinson i think that there is a way to get done however you know they're there is some concern and there are going to have to be some discussions between the players and owners here because it, and no one wants to hear about the owners making players defer some money off their base salaries. Um, the, the one thing people need to realize, yes, all these teams are worth a ton of money, billions of dollars. It's not all liquid. Like that's the one thing people need to realize. There's still cash flow that comes in every year you, and you do rely on money that comes in via the gate. Now, in the NFL, the check that comes from TV every year actually covers your entire player um, payments, this whole salary cap. So it really shouldn't be too big of an issue. But there is a concern, Johns, that if the players don't agree to some type, at least deferments of some of the cash this year that's owed to them this year, you might see teams, because this is the one di- another difference between football and baseball, these contracts are not guaranteed like baseball. So you may see some teams cut some veterans that they otherwise would not have because they have non-guaranteed money and they feel like they need to save the cash. And the NFL PA does not want to see jobs lost. Yeah, and you know what though? I feel like that's the case every year. The, the guarantee, the total guarantees <laughs> are everything in these contracts. It is. That's it. They, you know, you hear these big numbers. Oh, five years, you know, eighty-eight million. No, eighty-eight million is not the real number. You got to find that the total guarantee. You know, so, sometimes even like the the guaranteed amount is different than the actual total guarantee. So, again, everything is in the details of these contracts. I know what you're saying. Uh, it, it is a good point. It's another excuse, right, for for teams to to do this, to to cut salary and move guys around. Uh, especially if they were looking for excuses. And it's the last thing the NFLPA or, or the players want to see happen. 
All right, uh, take another time out here real quick, and we do want to let our listeners know um, what a great opportunity you have with this podcast, Hogan John's Podcast, and uh, with most of our listeners in and around Chicago, what a better way to promote your business than through our show. Our listeners are loyal. They're engaged. I've been trying to tell people about this for years. Johns, we know this from all the live events we've done. We have very, very loyal listeners that love to engage uh, with this podcast and know that they would be you know, engaging in your products as well. Yeah, we've worked with beer companies before in the past. You and I are beer drinking football guys. So if there's any local breweries in the Chicagoland area or, or heck, even in Wisconsin, we'd definitely be interested uh, to, to help spread your product as well. Yeah, and uh, even some of our listeners, if you own businesses, what a better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast. To advertise on this show, go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. Go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads today. All right, next up, Johns, uh, we do want to talk about the coronavirus situation a little bit because we did get some thoughtful um, conversation on that yesterday from Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan. But uh, I also wanted to mention that Akeem Hicks, his health, people forget he did have his elbow issue uh, last year. And um, he says right now that he's healthy. I'm excited. I'm ready to play football again. It's uh, This has been a... It's been a long time. Remember, I didn't really get to play this season, right? So uh, my, my season kind of, uh, you know, it, it wrapped up in October, and then I had uh, one last hurrah right there in December. And as far as – I played four games. <laughs> I, I miss football, so, so I'm ready. Uh, my body is doing as, as good as it can, but, uh, man, being back on that field will probably make it feel a whole lot better. John's even remember this was a Zoom call, so we were able to see him, and he even joked around at the beginning and put his, you know, his giant, giant bicep that's bigger than my head uh, into the screen. It took up the whole screen, so he looks good. I do wonder though, John. I mean, it's to our knowledge, there was no surgery here with Akeem Hicks. To our knowledge, so, yes, yeah. So, uh, you know, is this going to be something that potentially comes up again if it gets hit the wrong way? I, I don't know. It, to me, it's kind of. Like him and Danny Gervaithan had the same injury, and, and both of them were were, were kind of freakish in nature, were, were they not? It, it's mm-hmm. a violent game. It's a fast moving game. You get caught in the wrong spot, and that's what happens. Especially Gervaithans. Like he just tackled. Was it Jeff Driscoll? Quarterback? Uh, no, I'm yes. thinking of someone else. Yeah, yeah. It, it was well, the Lions it was against, quarterback. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. So freak injury freak injury reoccurring recurring I, I i don't know i don't know here's the thing that i keep getting back to with, with hicks who's been who's had knee issues who's had other various ailments for for a guy who is as big as he is the guy plays an awful lot does he not yeah. like his snaps counts are, are always high i do think they try to rotate him and out but he doesn't want to leave the field he, he is so good he loves being on the field in big time situations, and how can you remove a guy that that's good? Now, I will say this: this 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 applies to like all football players. Like everything they're doing right now on their own, they could try to simulate practices, but it's still not the same as as being in, in actual practices. I think we can all safely say that. But with Hicks, I think people forget that he only played in five games, four full games. He left the fifth. Like when you look at the Bears and, and you want reasons for optimism, it, it's his return, him coming back to health, and him being the the sack machine that that he was in the middle of the Bears defense. Yeah, I mean, there's a silver lining there, maybe that you. I mean, you mentioned the knee. Um, some of those other things. Maybe he got a little bit healthier from that from that standpoint by not playing so much last year. He is 30 years old. He turns 31 in the middle of the season in November. Um, and as we've seen with countless players, no matter how good they are, sometimes you just start to hit a wall. I'm not suggesting that's the case at all here with Keem Hicks. We haven't really seen that. I'm just, whenever a guy turns 30, that needs to, you know, be at least part of the conversation. And, um, you know, assuming that's not going to start to happen here, I have said this trillions of times, it seems like. I think Keem Hicks is 
one of the most underrated players in the entire league, if not the most underrated player. He's so important to that defense. And I, this podcast especially, from the moment he got hurt last year, was banging on the table trying to explain how important that was. Uh, and how much that was going to hurt the defense. And I think you saw that. Well, it was extremely evident to me in, in Khalil Mack's production. Yes, maybe the hurries were still there, but you want sack production. You, you want that quarterback on his backside. You want that type of production. And you what, what was it, an 18 sack decrease from 2018 to 2019? Yeah. That, that's a problematic thing to, to deal with there. And... A lot of that has to deal with what Akeem Higgs did to open things up for the edge defenders. That's why you bring in Robert Quinn, though, too, right? Like, it's it, when you have a healthy Hicks, and, like, Leonard Floyd can't win his one-on-one matchup. Like, you even got that with Eddie Goldman on the field. Like, that's why you need a Robert Quinn to win that battle, that one-on-one battle, especially if guys like Hicks, guys like uh, Khalil Mack, are going to have so much attention paid to them. Absolutely. Um all right, last topic we want to get to. And, and I appreciated how Danny Trevathan brought this up yesterday because I can't help but... Th- and I've watched a ton of news in the past week, probably more than I should have. But I can't help but think as these protests are going on and all these people gathering in the streets, it's like, have we forgotten that there's a global pandemic going on? And I just, you know, I hope and pray that this isn't going to get worse here um, as it's not just because of the protests. It's everywhere. I think we've seen in our, you know, this state of Illinois that we live in has started to reopen and it was one of the last. Um, Anyway, the point is that's still a problem coronavirus. And while it sounds like buildings are going to be reopening the coaches here soon, uh, basically the players aren't going to be around until training camp. And we just got to hope that training camp happens. Um, they did announce that there will be no joint practices this year. So the Bears were supposed to practice against the Broncos. That will not happen. Uh, kind of a no-brainer at this point. But um, he, anyway, here, here's what Danny Trevathan had to say. He was I, I think the question was actually about like how football might be affected by um, you know, all these talks about racial injustice and police brutality and uh, kind of a wake-up call from Dane Trevathan. This was, this was his response. I'm more worried about Corona than I'm worried about that effective football. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I mean, it still exists in the world. You know, let's not forget about Corona, bro. You know, I might go to camp and, and somebody might have that and I might not be able to play no more. This ain't going to slow me down. This is something I got to deal with every day of my life, bro. Like, this is something that we have to deal with. Like, I'm not worried about is this going, you know, I still have a job to play, but I still have a job in my community as as a black man, as a man, period. You know, I, I wouldn't want nobody else to feel the way that we feel. I, I, I wouldn't wish that on nobody. So uh, a good reminder from Danny Shrevathan, this is still something that players need to be aware of. And uh, this was uh, what Akeem Hicks had to say. I will say this. It is uh, it, it's scary. It, it's scary to think that mo- most of my job is, is physical contact. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with other players. And so, uh, boy, I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to be safe, and I'm sure that, you know, that they're going to do our, their best to make sure we're, we're in the, the best possible situation in order to be able to play this game and, 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 and do it, right? But uh, scary. That's, that's how I feel. You know, it's something I've thought about a lot, Johns, is been covering this you know, baseball stuff and these random discussions that pop up every once in a while, like, are you not going to have an umpire out there because you always have, you know, the, the the hitter and the catcher and the umpire all real close to each other. What happens at first base because you got the first baseman standing close to the, to the runner? And I, here I'm thinking, I'm like, you guys watch football? Offensive line, defensive line, they're in each other's face. The entire game. That's just how it works. How are you going to keep these guys safe? It's just, it's. I think it's a huge question mark. We we know space matters. We know time spent together matters as well. And we know that masks matter. I I almost wonder if we'll see what the NBA and the NHL do, but maybe masks have to become mandatory. 
Like the NBA is full of close contact, is it not? I mean, think about the man-to-man yeah. defense. Are you not allowed to play man-to-man defense anymore? Is everybody just going to be shooting three-pointers? Uh, what happens with that? So You're actually not allowed to play zone, so <laughs> that would yeah, be quite yeah. a shift. Yeah, so like it's just, yeah, I, I would have no problem. Like either like, to, like, to, like today, you go outside, you go to a store, you put on a mask just to, to limit the contact, to, to have respect for, for others. Really, that's what it comes down to it is, you know, I don't know how masks be, became political, but it's just taking, it's having common sense, it's, it's taking care of yourself, it's having concern for, for others, and maybe that's what, what you have to do. You know, they, they can clean their hands, they all wear gloves anyway, they throw out those gloves, so I'm not concerned about that. I mean, these guys shower right after games, uh, do they have to shower at a halftime or something like that? Like, I, I feel like there's certain things that they can do, but... Maybe it's masks. Maybe it's not huddling as much or that long on the sideline. I think by the time the NFL gets going, there will be more research. There'll be more information to digest from the other leagues, where they could come up with a with a pretty good comprehensive plan to keep these players safe. And there is an acceptance of risk because this is not going away until a vaccine is developed, but the world has to keep moving. So there is an acceptance of risk here. And you hear Akeem Mix, he he wants to start playing football. These these guys want to play. That's their occupation. That's what they love to to do. So, yeah, I'm interested to see what type of of rules, regulations, guidelines that that are set, you know, on a player-to-player basis just in terms of contact. Well, it is a good point that the NFL has the opportunity to learn from these other leagues. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's it's clearly going to be up to these teams to create environments that are safe because they're going to be around each other every day in meetings, practices. Those are all things that are going to have to happen here. Um, but it is a different thing, probably a different trust level when you got to get on the field against an opponent that you're not around every day. And trust that those guys are also healthy um, to keep everyone safe. I think it's possible, um, but it's going to take a lot of trust. I think that's a key word and diligence from these individual players to take it seriously and take care of themselves when they're outside of the facilities. You know, I, I just think back to Rudy Gobert testing positive that started this whole thing and that video where he's touching everyone's recorders and and making a joke out of the whole thing, right? It's the difference a few months ago is a lot of people weren't taking this seriously. I should probably raise my hand and, you know, take at least some of the blame because I was being careful, but I don't know. I was taking, I certainly didn't have the realization of how damaging this could be with over a hundred thousand deaths in our country. It's an incredibly serious thing. And so that's the key too. I just, the teams, the league, they'll create the right environment. I don't think they'll put the players in a bad spot, but it's also up to the players to take care of themselves when they're outside of the facilities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, what happens? Like, this is my big question. What happens once one player tests positive? Like, what happens to that practice week? What happens to that game week? Because it's a two-week window, is it not, right? Like, they have to be quarantined for two weeks. They may not have any symptoms. Maybe it's just a slight headache or something like that, and they test positive because I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of testing on these guys, right, like every few days. Like what happens when that first player tests positive? Because it's going to happen. I'm like 100% convinced in the NBA and in the NHL you're going to see it happen. Like what's the game plan then? Like what do you do for that player? What do you do for that team? What do you do for their opposition? How do you reconfigure the schedule to make this all work after already reconfiguring everything? Those are the questions that are just going to linger throughout all of this with sports returning. I still wonder if we're going to lose preseason games and almost think we should. I'd have no problem with that, but it, you know, well, I, yeah, the Bears, love, of course. the Bears would love to have a quarterback competition to take the field. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, last year, if you had told Matt Nagy, uh, no preseason, you're probably like, fine, I'm not playing anybody preseason, anyway. what's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this year, it's a little bit different, so I think that would be detrimental to the Bears, but, you know, from a, from a money standpoint, if the fans aren't going to be in the stadium anyway for the preseason games, um, are you really losing that much TV money? I mean, most of these games are just shown locally. 
there's some national games, but I, I don't think the blow is is that big. And from the player standpoint, it, there's like I said earlier, there's going to be discussions here that need to be figured out, and they don't get paid for preseason games, right? I mean, it, now there is an adjustment I think in the CBA that the money is spread out more over weeks. Um, starting when the off-season program starts compared to only getting paychecks uh, once a week during the season. But it's they're still not really getting paid for preseason games. So I, I still wonder as we sit here uh, at the early part of June if the preseason gets cut down to like two games, one game. Do we see no games? I still think that's a possibility. Yeah, and I don't want to make a mockery, uh, too much of a mockery. I don't know what the preseason is for. No, that's a okay. Lot of you guys. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> but for a lot of guys, you know what I mean? Like uh, the 50th guy in the roster. The yeah, it's important for guy, them. It's important for these guys. Like jobs are won, and, and I get there'll be some inventive ways to, or teams will have inventive ways to, to go about increasing those competitions. At practice, like does does Matt Nagy bring Augusta silence to his quarterback competition? Can you like can you envision that where like they're they're put through like some type of test out there, you know, running routes or having their receivers run certain routes and it's just quiet? Like I, I honestly can believe it happening if if you're gonna try to put these guys through through something different and, and bring the best out of them. Um, that may be the extreme, but you have to get inventive with these things, and, and that may be just one example for the Bears. But for those guys, like the 53rd man on the roster, the guy who's competing to be on that team and not on the practice squad, the preseason, or lack thereof, is significant. Absolutely. Well, uh, one of the many unknowns that needs to be figured out here, and I, quite frankly, am tired of talking about unknowns, but I don't think it's going to change anytime soon here. But... Um, as we told you, we had a ton of football stuff to actually talk about, and here we are almost an hour into this podcast, and uh, th- there's been plenty. So uh, thank you for sticking with us this week. Thank you for taking the time to listen to yesterday's podcast. It means a lot to us. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I want to say again, make sure you check it out. Like, like really, give it to, really give it a good listen. Have some empathy, and hear out these Bears players as, as people. Yeah, I mean, if you're somebody that's just like, yeah, I wanted the football stuff, and so you're listening to this one, and just trust us. Go back and listen to it. It's important. These are the players you root for. These are, you know, these are the players that um, are out there grinding. Yes, they make a ton of money, but you know, they're they're they go through a ton, especially they're in football. Human beings too, Adam, and that's what human you learn. Beings. Sometimes when we play this sound in these podcasts about football, you don't really get the sense that they're humans. Um, they are, and. Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, and Alan Robinson, and Afadio Denimo, um all showed that to us in in the comments that are on the podcast we had for you yesterday. So please check it out. I think we've said that enough at this point, but thank you. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read all Johns' stuff on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe if you haven't already Please do that. Please support the podcast. And please rate and review the podcast. I've kind of gotten out of the habit of saying that. But when you rate, review, listen to it, uh, it supports the podcast. Whatever algorithms go into that, I don't know how it all works. I just know it helps. And we know that you guys are loyal listeners. And so we appreciate you supporting us. Uh, And uh, you can read me at NBCSportsChicago.com. Anything else, Johnsy? No, no, no. Have a good weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. Go Bears.